so many things about him, but I, I guess the, the favorite thing when looking back that I learned from him is that, uh, that independence. Uh, my father was military type of guy. So he really just wanted me to stay focused and do right. So mm-hmm. of course me, I was, I was basically the opposite of my dad. Um, he had a certain philosophy in life and I had a totally opposite. <laughs> I, I do not play with y'all. So we definitely bumped heads growing up. But what he instilled in me was basically to uh, be independent. You know what I'm saying? If stuff ain't working out, figure out a way to make it work. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I really look back on that and just say I'm truly grateful for him. Because yeah. at first I was like, man, he's just being hard yeah. for no reason. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like no reason. Yeah. Um. But uh, looking back, like if he wasn't hard, you know, mm-hmm. on me, I don't think I'll be the person today without that growing up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so definitely that's probably my favorite thing that I didn't even realize mm-hmm. that um, he instilled into me. Nice. Yeah. And so give us a little bit of uh, the history of your family at the time. Were you an only child or was there, oh, okay, so you're only child? No, 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 yeah. Um, so history is uh, basically I got my mom and dad okay. uh, raised in that family and uh, raised my little sister. Okay. She's a year younger than me. Um, but we wasn't the only children in the picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my father, he was married before um, in one marriage. So he had one kid, my older sister. Um, she's like 15, 20 years older than me. And then um, right after that, he has a set of three kids. Oh, wow. Um, so these are my other older si- siblings okay. uh, with a different woman. So you're the um, oldest on one side and then the youngest exactly. on the other. Yeah, so there's three sets of us, three different moms, mm-hmm. one dad, basically. Um, and then we just all had different experiences. Nice. Uh, me and my little sister, we was the only ones who, like, he raised us okay. uh, compared to the other ones. Okay. Um, but uh, that's how it was growing up. Yeah. Um, so dealing with that, you know what I'm saying, dealing with who comes over and stuff like that. Um, but it, but uh, that, that's essentially it. Mm-hmm. So how where were you guys geographically? Did you move around a lot because you're in the military or uh so he he was retired basically okay. um down with the military when I was, you know, when we was born. Okay. So he wasn't doing that. He uh ultimately he last last ten years he ended up getting to the preaching, so he ended up becoming a pastor. But Oh wow. Yeah, crazy. But uh <laughs> uh but uh but essentially we, we stayed in the same area. We grew up in Oklahoma. Okay. Uh, uh, so we've been here the whole time of uh, my life. Um, and then we were all in this area. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, even even everybody. So everybody was right in that Oklahoma City metro area. In the I most got part. you. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma City in the house. Yep. <laughs> Yee, 405, what's happening? So what was it like uh, growing up with your dad? Uh, did you guys do a lot of like the camping stuff? Did you guys, you know, what? How did you guys bond whenever you were growing up? Yeah. Um. So me and my dad, we bonded. Uh, let me see. It. So we would bond over little random things. Mm-hmm. Um. Because like I said, like we were opposite in in everything. So <laughs> we usually like if you like one thing and I'm like, nah, I don't like that. <laughs> uh, or he wants to do this, like, nah, I don't like that flavor, or it's just literally the opposite. But what we really bonded over was, I would probably say just 
looking back, doing better for the family. Okay. Um, he was a, a family man. He he always looked out for his cousins. And in that case, like even now, realizing that I look out for my family too right now. Mm-hmm. So I was always making sure that we bonded over that. Um, and as well as we like sports. Okay. Um, that was one thing. He was a football guy. Um, I'm a basketball guy. So like like I said, <laughs> totally opposite, but. Anything in that competitive nature, I think that's how we really would bond. If it was playing some type of game, uh, board games, or if we were playing some type of sports, that's where we would mostly bond at. I love board games, man. Yeah. I literally uh, just bought five Monopoly Tulsas the other day. So uh, Yeah. Okay. Well, we got it. You know, we got the Love Lottery sweepstakes. Gotcha. So, we, you know, we'll get uh, – I bought six of them because we're going to do five uh, for the father's. You know, so they all have one, and then we'll keep one here. So when we do our game nights at the birthright, living legacy, you know, we'll be able to have that as uh, as dads to be yeah. able to play with. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so like as you're growing up, what is the uh, what was some of the cool things that you guys did as far as like you know father son stuff or even just family stuff? Yeah. Um. The the stuff that definitely sticks out is just that family time when everybody came together. Mm-hmm. Um, cause my, my dad, he was like, a he was a fun uncle. So I had two aunts, um, and then it was just him mm-hmm. and, uh, everybody. And it's kind of crazy. I, I, when I think about it, like my dad, he was like, um, like in a way to glue. Um, so all the nieces and nephews always came to him about advice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just grew up seeing that type of stuff. Okay. Um, so when we came around with the family Thanksgiving, Christmas time, those were like my favorite times because um, everybody would be there. And then it's just, you know, during those times, nobody's really tripping. Um, so it's just like good spirits, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Now, after <laughs> two days, three days later, then it's a whole nother story. But during that time, um, it's just definitely a special time. And that's what I really like growing up is just the holiday season, Christmas, yeah. Thanksgiving, just everybody's in a better mood. He in a better mood. Um, and then he was a cook, so he would be cooking around, doing oh, that type nice. of stuff. He was a main cook um, for Thanksgiving, for Christmas, any holidays, he was the main guy. Nice. So just seeing that growing up. Um, even now, I like to consider myself a chef. You oh, know what yeah? I'm <laughs> but, uh, find out. Hey, I make a I make a couple <laughs> things, you know, dressing here and there. Uh, but uh, that that's mainly what I would say it is. I love that. Mm-hmm. I you know I. So one of the crazy things about not having a dad is you just really don't know all the things you miss out on. Mm, so you just yeah. kind of look at TV and you just assume that a dad does all those things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's not real. Yeah. But <laughs> you, right. you think, you're just like, <laughs> he's a chef, he's a quarterback, and he can dunk, and you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And he knows all the things yeah. and all the people and shakes the hand. He's in the, he was in the Navy and the uh, Army and the, you know what I'm saying? Like, you just make up all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so... When you were young, like, what was, like, Father's Day like? Like, how did you show your father, like, appreciation? Let me see. So I would, of course, we get him a gift, you Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying, as a family. But I think the best thing I did was just, you know, I guess act good. You know, (laughs) (laughs) I was, uh, I would, I wasn't necessarily a problem child, but, you know, I was just, I had my times. Yeah. Um, so anytime that, you know, I didn't, my mouth wasn't getting me in no trouble or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? I'm just chilling. I think he was fine with that. On but you're so chill. You, you wasn't chill. No, I was not. I was not a chill (laughs) kid. Um, not at all. I was uh, going around doing a lot as a little kid. Is that what got you into science? 
Uh, no, no. Science and how I got into science is just a totally random story if you want to hear I want to hear okay. it. I want to um, So I got into science basically my senior year. I didn't know exactly what to do in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm at this school to where they said, all right, everybody needs to apply to college. It was a college prep school. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll apply to some colleges, even though, you know what I'm saying, I don't want to necessarily go to college. I'm just going to do it because it's a requirement to get my A in the class, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I applied to some schools. I get in. I ultimately chose Langston University, um, the only HBCU in Oklahoma. I go to Langston. Once again, I'm undecided. I don't know what I want to do. And once again, I'm still leaning on not wanting to be in college. Uh, but people just told me all my life I was smart. I need to be doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I go to college. That end of freshman year, uh, I'm in this honors scholars program. And we have this event. I go to this event. And, you know, on the book list, how you see the names and everybody's majors. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at this thing. I was like, okay, where's my name at? And then I look at my name. It says... My major is chemistry. I'm like, I'm undecided. I haven't I haven't said anything, you know what I'm saying, at all. Like, I haven't told nobody anything of what I wanted to do. They didn't ask me. Yeah. I'm just a chemistry major. So I found out, I go to my advisor. They was like, yeah, you're a chemistry major, and if you want to change it, you got to talk to the chair. I'm like, what? I never even, I don't know where the chemistry department is. You know what I'm saying? I don't know where to go. But I found the chair. Um, and then he basically, Dr. Comey, he convinced me to say, all right, you took biology because I did it all right in biology. I got A's in bio one and two. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about, okay, maybe if I do science, I do biology. But he's like, all right, let's just take chemistry because you got to take it anywhere if you, if you decide to take bio. And um, basically I took it, stayed with it, and um, it just stuck, man. It, it's yeah. like it's, it's one of those things where it's like I didn't plan that at all, like wow. at all. And it and it, and people and it's like a default in a way, but it's not a default because I liked chemistry because you it made you think. Mm-hmm. Um, chemistry really makes you critically think than any other science, um, maybe besides physics. Um, but it's just not remote memorization, right? To where it's like, oh, let me remember this whole list of terms and then I'll be good. Yeah, it's not the case. You know what I'm saying with chemistry? You got to figure some things out. When things are going to mess up or something like that, right? You can know the terms, but it's still all about how you put everything together. It's like a big old puzzle. Wow! And that's the reason why I kind of stuck with chemistry, even by default, right? Yeah. But um, uh, that's that's how I got into science. I mean, it just depends on who you talk to. That might be like divine intervention. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're really good at. It. You would have for someone that has only known you through that mm-hmm. median. I would think that you, you know, since the ground up, you was just like, up. oh, man, I want to be. Because, like, the passion, the energy, <laughs> nah. and excitement shows. Nah. And you you just did it on a default. Like, yeah, it was on a, I, I was trying it. to be a DJ when I first came out. <laughs> I Senior year, I was shadowing DJs in the city. You know what I'm saying? So I that, love it. that's what I was about. On yeah. a humbug. And he became, and now you, now you. Now you're just doing the don't be scared and teaching kids and, and, and others to be able to get out of their shell and try something. Yeah. yeah and that exactly. was all back to what your your dad had ultimately kind of mm-hmm. instilled in you. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's great. So did the doctor end up becoming someone like a mentor for you? or? Yeah, uh, Coleman, he was definitely somebody I looked up to. Um, even now, I still communicate with him today. Mm-hmm. Um, just a good guy. What I learned at Langston um, was that it was just a lot of – great male figures in that environment. 
And um, what's key is what I realized is that growing up, my father was definitely a big impact on me, but all the male figures I met in my life mm-hmm. definitely influenced me. Wow. Uh, from Langston to even when I worked at a camp for five years, all those male figures in that camp definitely helped me develop to who I am today. Um, like a village aspect, right, as far as who yeah. you are today. Um, but, but yeah, definitely uh, Coleman, everybody at Langston, I'm still in contact with, um, definitely trying to help out in any type of way. Nice. Yeah. So what kind of camp did, was it? Were, were you like a counselor or were you a, uh, a student in the camp? Man, so got in the camp game basically as a uh, volunteer. Mm-hmm. Um, so literally was just volunteering my time. It was a Christian camp, Christian sports camp. And basically it was for uh, underserved inner city youth. Mm-hmm. And um, we use we talked about the Bible. We talked about um, basically relating that to sports, you know, just building good character heuristics in the kids, basically, mm-hmm. um, to just get them on a different path, basically. Um, but at the camp, I was a volunteer. So I did water crew my very first year. After that, I was like a CIT, so a counselor in training. Mm-hmm. Um, so still, once again, this is all volunteer. I'm not getting paid. This is just my summers. I come out and do this. Um, but eventually I, I became a counselor. Uh, then I became lead counselor and then I, uh, became the programs. Mm-hmm. So I basically ran the entire camp, wow. um, with the leadership team. So I, me and my other co-programmer, we basically decided how that summer camp was going to go. Um, each week we had at least 150 kids. So we had to tell the counselors who their groups are basically set up everything, um, and then at the very end on Fridays, because it was a, like a week by week camp, we always had this award assemblies. So it was like 500 people out there. And then that's really where I had to like learn how to MC. Mm-hmm. So that's where I started being the MC of the war assembly. And then basically I was an MC all the time, but at the war assembly, I really didn't do that. Yeah. The other person did that. Something popped off at the camp. I had to take over that position. <laughs> um, but it, it was just a lot of growing, you know what yeah. I'm saying, to where it's like I got all different levels of something I really enjoyed um, at that camp. So you had all kinds of different experiences going on at the same time. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was definitely random, I will say that. But looking at that time, that really grew me as far as, like, how I do this passion stuff. When I'm out there talking about science, I, I pull in – from that type of thing, or even when I'm talking about positive syndrome, I pull in from those camping experiences, Yeah. right? Because uh, it was just a way of, I think of it as being a great facilitator. Yeah. That's how we have to think about even teaching things today. Uh, we no longer just can't teach it on a regular. We have to facilitate because uh, it's a different generation. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of people think that you could just point it to a book and call it good. And it's like, no, that don't work that way. Some people don't work that way. And I'm one of those people. That's why I'm in here fidget (laughs) spinning and all that. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So now we transition uh, a little bit to my my very favorite question I get to ask guests. Okay. Now tell me what your favorite part about being a father is. Mm, Okay. So got two daughters. And my favorite part of being a father, great question, by the way, is, uh, <laughs> let me see, my, my probably my favorite part of being a father is what I'm realizing now is seeing the growth. Because mm-hmm. it's like, I got a lot of responsibility because it's like, they are literally going to see, you know what I'm saying, learn from me, but also I'm instilling things into them. Mm-hmm. Even when I think about my father and my mother, all the little things that they did do and didn't do, 
that developed who I am today. Right. So I'm very knowledgeable, cognizant of that now mm-hmm. um, to where when I'm around my daughters, there's certain things that I won't try to do around them or at all, you mm-hmm. know, at just trying to better myself. Yeah. So one thing I like the most about it is that being a father is just to see the growth of your children. But also if you truly, and I, this ain't everybody, but at least for me, being a father makes you in a way, try to be a better person. Oh yeah. Um, so I, that's a key aspects I love about that. Nice. How, and how old are your daughters? Four. So one's turning four and then the other one's turning one. Nice. Um, so, so yeah. four year old. So you, you got a lot of exciting times coming up. Yeah. No, nah, <laughs> looks like it's just getting started. Yeah. 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 So she starts school already or. Yeah. She went to um, this pre K three type mm-hmm. of school. Um, so they, they had this program. We put her in there. She, she was able to get school. And then next year, um, she'll be in, what is it, pre-K four. Okay. Uh-huh. So did you guys do a lot of teaching at home before you got to that stage? Or did you rely more on the on the schools as far as their curriculum and stuff? Um, Good question. And it was my wife. Yeah. Yeah, she's a formal teacher. Oh, wow. Um, so she used to teach third grade and first grade. Nice. Um, But she just took, she took that role on. So she's at home right now with them. And she just makes sure that they're learning in some type of way. Yeah. And that, you know, they're prepared, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Because as a formal teacher, she just saw, right, that when parents were active in the lives, it made a difference. When parents wasn't as active, it makes a difference. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so we the reason I ask is because we're, like, at that crux. Okay. And we started uh, daycare about a month ago. Mm, okay. And as we started, like, you know, they, you know, one of the daycares that we went to, they were like, hey, just so you know, you know, your kid's going to get sick for the first month, two months, maybe. Mm-hmm. And we were like, wait, what? <laughs> and yeah. then so, you know <laughs> what I mean? They're like, yeah, if they're not used to being around other kids, they're going to get sick. Yeah. So I was like, okay. So we took him. You know, he was in. And then last week, as a matter of fact, in the middle of a fatherhood meeting, um, I was just going to get the food, coming back, getting everything prepared. And, like, wife called uh, earlier that day and was like hey listen you know they just handed me a bloody diaper mm. and mm. you know father of daughters you know <laughs> you know what i mean i got a, i got a son so i was even more yeah. petrified about you know my first thought was oh okay so we're killing somebody today mm. is what's yeah. gonna happen <laughs> so i was in my mind trying to figure out like like, how am I going to get a gun all the way? You know what I mean? Because I'm thinking, like, bloody diaper for real? Yeah, that's, that's what yeah, we on? Yeah. And so, and it was a, a reputable place, so it was just, like, such a shock. Mm-hmm. But the wife, luckily, she is, you know, took the, the helm to call the doctor immediately mm-hmm. to ask. And she, you know, she finishes this sentence. This all happens in, like, a split second. Because when she sent me the picture of the bloody diaper, I went there. Mm-hmm. And she was like, yeah, so the doctor said there's some thing going around that, you know, is caused, and I was like, oh, all right. So <laughs> let me well, take it back well, down. Yeah, let yeah. me take it down a little bit. <laughs> so she said, as long as he's acting normal, okay. don't freak out. Mm. Well, I go to pick up the food. He's with me, mm. um, you know, because we're doing the Love Lottery sweepstakes stuff, and she's in. She's there here in the office downstairs. They're, you know, selection committee. They're doing stuff. So I grab him. He's just, like, kind of perched on my arm, you know, no big deal. I know that he has like this, this issue going on. So he, you know, he might have some bowel issues. Yeah. 
Well, I do like a, a quarter turn, man, and he just screamed. Like his cheeks, I guess, had split a little bit. Mm. And so he had screamed and start reaching and grabbing for his butt. Mm. And I immediately went back there. Yeah. Because I was like, no way. So yeah. then I'm trying to decide, like, do I call my wife? Do I not? I got all these dads coming. Um, so anyway, I pull up, I decide not to call her cause I was like, there's nothing she could do, but panic anyway. Mm-hmm. There's no need in doing that. Let me get back. I'll tell her we'll go get back. All there's 25 dads here and they're all trying to talk to me and I'm like, Hey, can you just get this stuff out of the car? I need to get my wife. We got to go to the emergency room, mm-hmm. you know? And they're like, what? I was like, Hey, I just, I eat, be married. Love you guys. Somebody please take this upstairs. I got to go. Mm-hmm. So we go, I go in the back, tell the wife, hey, we got to go to the hospital now. She gets in the car. We drive off. No big deal. Get to the emergency room. The doctor says, hey, we need that other diaper. Can you go get it? Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. It's in, she was like, it's in my car. I was like, okay. So I drive back here thinking, you know, I'm going to have to clean up all, <laughs> all of the ravage that's going on because I just left. I didn't say anything. You know, I can, in my mind, my computer's gone. Everything's gone. Mm-hmm. Like, it just... I don't know why I just thought that everything was just going to disappear, but in my mind, that's what happened. So I pull back up, you know, and you know, you've been to the meeting. So I open up the door and one of the dads is teaching the class. Oh, okay. He's just going. And, and so he goes, Oh, I thought you weren't coming back. Sorry. And they're all just sitting there. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. This is like, this is really happening. Mm-hmm. He was like, Oh, and I was like, where are you going? Like, no, I got to go back. I just, I, Oh, you guys are gone. And so I shut the doors and get back in the car <laughs> and go back. So it was just like, wow, you know, meta- metaphorically, my baby, you know, a birthright. It was just like, it was a great, it was a great thing to know mm-hmm. that it was able to continue without me there. Yeah. Uh, but then I was just like, what kind of dad would I be to send my wife and son to the emergency room while I taught a class about being a uh, present and more involved <laughs> yeah. father, you know what I mean? So it's just like, it's just a crazy thing. So when I think about, you know, that role, we're trying to figure out like, you know, is it best for her to quit working for now, mm-hmm. you know, to take care of him? Because like, you know, when you're looking at, you know, going into school, you know, obviously he's going to get sick, but then you don't think about like the opening up of strangers coming mm-hmm. into your kids' lives. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause it's like anything could have happened and there's no way on earth I would have had any clue as to who, what, when I just would have had to be like, I'm killing everybody. You know, John yeah. Q style. Yeah. Just like, yeah. no, exactly, my son's yeah. getting a kidney today. <laughs> Damn, they were watching over here. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, I just thought, you know, man, how how cool is it uh, for you to know that your wife is able to take that role and, you know, be there with your kids and be able to help them learn as they go and then make that transition into school? Yeah, no, it's uh, it's definitely something that I've been super grateful for. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, daycares are crazy. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Uh, my oldest daughter, we put her in there before COVID and everything. But, um, yeah, just as you said, she was sick at least every day <laughs> for that first two months. Like, yeah. it was crazy because we was like, what's going on? Why is she always sick? Why is she always sick? And then we would get sick. So I was like, man, we, we Bro, tired of getting sick. I literally just came back from the emergency room yesterday. Mm. I thought I had strep. And they oh. were like, no, it's not strep. And I was like, well, why is my throat hurting? She was like, you just need some rest and vitamin C. 
<laughs> I was like, but my throat is swollen. She goes, there's nothing wrong with you. And I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. And I went home and drank a Simply Orange, and my throat felt amazing. Mm. So I drank like three more, <laughs> and I was fine. Now my throat is fine. Okay, yeah. And I've been sucking on Ricola's for the last <laughs> month, I feel like. <laughs> My stock went up in Ricola. Yeah. <laughs> like, for real. It's like uh, that daycare is like no joke. Like, no joke. <laughs> they, they will get sick. Um, and most parents got no sympathy for you. They're just like, oh, welcome to daycare life. Yeah. And you're like, bro, like, yeah. this is not death row records. Yeah. Like, I need y'all to have more <laughs> compassion. I need some medicine over <laughs> here. You know <laughs> so what's it like? Where are you guys at on your stage? Do you guys do a lot of vacations with your kids? Or, you know, what do you guys do for fun now uh, as a dad to be able to engage purposely uh, with your kids? Yeah. Um, so right now we just try to expose her, do different things mm-hmm. um, with her. Just uh, one thing that I realized growing up is that um, me and my wife, we had two different type of lives. Mm-hmm. So we... She was always trying different things growing up. I tried a couple of different things, but then I was just like, all right, <laughs> I'm just going to do my own thing or nothing, basically. Right. Uh, and then that's what I realized I want for my daughters. Mm-hmm. I want them to try a bunch of different things at an early age so that once they get older, right, they have an idea of where they want to go. Mm-hmm. And sometimes what I realized is, like, maybe if I tried more things, maybe I would have had an idea where I wanted to go. But, you know, things just happen as they are. Right. Um, but right now, my daughter, that's what we're just doing, trying to do different things. Um, with COVID, we haven't really got a chance to travel as much. Um, but that's something that we want to do. We just took a trip uh, up to, where was it, Branson. And that was, like, the very first family vacation we did. And, yeah, that was a lot. It was, uh, I can't believe it. Just being out there in Branson with the two kids, it was definitely different from just a single trip with me and my wife. Uh, but but overall, we, we just did a family trip like that. We go to the park, um, library, just different simple things like that, just to expose her to a different life, I feel like. Nice. I love that my uh, uh, my neighbor just started recording. Or just started drum practice. Oh, okay. So that is what's going on downstairs <laughs> right now. Uh, but, yeah, man, uh, so that's super exciting to know that that's a thing. Uh, before we jump in the uh, the private fatherhood group, though, is there any lasting thoughts or impressions uh, that you want to leave with the dads uh, as we go into uh, into the private fatherhood group? Um, what I would say just to all the dads is just be patient with yourself. Cause you're not mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah. Like when once you realize that, then you you're gonna have a little bit of grace with yourself. Um. So definitely be patient with yourself. Have grace, and then just continue to be present. Yeah. That's all I could probably say is just be present. Um. Cause I've I've seen places. I know people who were exactly right. They don't have their fathers in their life, mm-hmm. and I see how that makes a difference. You know what I'm saying? So if you could just be present, that says a lot for your kids. Absolutely, it definitely does. So. Hey, guys, don't forget, uh, we definitely want to uh, make sure that you're being impactful uh, with your kids. Thank you, Dr. J, for coming on the show today. And uh, from Birthright Living Legacy, we want to say thank you to everyone for listening and joining in. Don't forget to like and share all of the greatness that you've heard today. Don't forget to also check out Don't Be Scared because they are doing great, wonderful things out in the community as well as changing kids' lives by exposing them uh, uh, 
to things that they are not afraid of. I love this song. <laughs> this is my favorite. My favorite song. I want to freestyle rap every time. I feel like uh-huh. I feel like uh, Stevie Wonder was like, I'm not a rapper, but I still. <laughs> uh-huh. But anyway, we love you guys. We appreciate you. And we will see you next time on Birthright Living Legacy. Birthright Living Legacy needs your help. As we are on a mission to help fathers who are needing to overcome obstacles to see their children. We are preparing to provide curriculum, counseling, and family law assistance for any of our fathers. We will also have many fun events to participate in with their children as we build a fatherhood community. Partner with us on Facebook or Instagram and go to our website at brlivinglegacy.com and go to our donation tab on the bottom of the page to make a contribution. For any questions, contact us on any of our platforms as we would love to help. Birthright Living Legacy, changing lives one father at a time.